Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back to the Birdies and Bourbon Show. Uh, we got a fun one here. Uh, not too far from Atlanta. Uh, we got Chris Crow, general manager from uh, Burnt Church Distillery in Bluffton, South Carolina. I know what you're thinking. Where in the hell is Bluffton, South Carolina? <laughs> well, if you've ever been been by or heard of Hilton Head, South Carolina, uh, you you pretty much made it to Bluffton. I'd say, wouldn't you, Chris? Yes, that is correct. You can't get here without going through us. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, yeah, so just off the exit of 95, um, it, uh, Highway 278, and you're, uh, if you get to the Tanger Malls, you've gone too far. So that's, kind of, that's uh, at, least, at least that's what it looked like on the map. So, um, so I think we're going to get to have a little bit of fun. Uh, we'll talk about... Um, you know, what's, uh, what's going on at Burnt Church. We're going to taste through, uh, we've got four samples. So we've got Bluffton Whiskey, Palmer Stretch, Anita's Choice, Johnny Fever. And I may not have read those in the order that we're going to taste them in, Chris. You're going to, I'm going to let you direct us on that. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of kind of start off as we go. Or how, how close did I get on the order? Is that kind of close or not? Uh, not yeah, close? well, you know, when we do tours and tastings here, different tour folks uh, like to do it in different orders. I like to start with Bluffton whiskey first because it's kind of the, the softest and, you know, most drinkable. Um, and then maybe hit a rye and just do the two bourbons at the end. So okay, I'd say, cool. I typically say Johnny fever for last. It's a, it's an allocated product for us and it's something that nice. we don't have a lot of, and it's just kind of a good way to finish off the evening. Okay. So to speak. Yeah, cool. Well, I, I like to get that out of the way because uh, I'm going to get to do a little sipping and uh, while, while you're doing some talking. So I'm going to jump into the Bluffton whiskey, by the way. It is 95 proof, I believe. And what are we using? It's a four grain, uh, a four grain mash bill. But so but before we get in too deep into that, Chris, if you want to give us uh, maybe who's Chris Crow, give us the Burt Church uh, uh, spiel. Oh, sure, sure. So uh, I've, my, I'm Chris Crow, and I've been in the area for about 31 years uh, this July. And um, it's been a place that I, um, I moved to a couple years out of college uh, from the state of Kentucky. So I have a bourbon in my blood a little bit. And um, I've done a variety of things here in this area. And when I heard about this project, uh, I knew that it was something I wanted to be a part of. So I reached out to the owner. Uh, we started having conversations. They were under construction. And then in April of 2020, I came on board and helped, uh, uh, you know, be a part of getting it across the finish line and get it open for business. So we opened in March of last year. Uh, I mean, we've been open for a little over a year now, and it's been a wild ride and it's been very well received and um, a lot of fun. Yeah, I would expect a wild ride. I mean, we all kind of know what's you know been going on over the past couple of years. Uh, I hear it's a great time to open up a new business venture. By the way, I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> makes it exciting, I guess, right? Yeah, it keeps you on your toes for sure. Um, the the uh, probably, probably the most one of the more fortunate parts of it was that it, we were supposed to open in 2020, and we had some construction delays and uh, pushed that back to 2021. So uh, it actually worked out pretty well. We're kind of coming, you know, out of the you know, pandemic quagmire, so yep. to speak, and uh, people are ready to start getting out and doing doing things. And so it, it worked out pretty well for us in the end. Yeah, sure. I, I caught a few uh, news articles, some news news releases, uh, some things. I mean, the, the distillery itself looks amazing. I mean, it, it looks big. 
Like the footprint of the building looks really big. Yeah, so we're on about a three-acre campus. We have about 24,000 square feet total, uh, 9,000 square foot tasting room, roughly, uh, production facility about 8,800 square feet and about a 5,600 square foot uh, rick house in the back. So um, then it's not big enough. The barrel storage is not big enough. So we're already thinking about where do we go now? So um, yeah. we'll campus, obviously, because it was there was a big investment here. Uh, but um, secondary barrel storage is, is going to be a you know, big issue for us coming up. Sure. Mm. Sure. Yeah. So let's uh, let's kind of we'll bounce around a little bit, but let's get into the sure. Bluffton um, at, at drinking exceptionally good. I think this I think Bluffton's a little bit unique to um, to the to the low country area with uh, with some of the products that you're using to make it. Yeah. So Bluffton whiskey is interesting. So it's it's classified as an American whiskey because um, there's no such thing as a rice whiskey from a classification standpoint. The primary grain is Carolina gold rice. Mm. Um, and that is a grain that's indigenous to this area, um, kind of brought from uh, from Africa um, through Charleston and um, honestly was grown with um, the help of, you know, black slaves uh, before the Civil War. And so it kind of died out after that when there wasn't free labor anymore. And um, it's kind of try- trying to make a resurgence in South Carolina. The primary producer of Carolina gold rice is actually the state of Texas currently. Oh, wow. So uh, we get a fair amount from them, but also we're partnering with local farmers to try to bring, uh, you know, cultivation of that grain back to the state. And hopefully in a few years, we can be uh, at a, at a point where every bit of the gold rice, Carolina gold rice that we buy comes from the state of South Carolina. So that's mm-hmm. our goal. Cal, I really yeah. love this bottle. I'm going to share the screen here. I really love this bottle as well on their, on their website here. Yeah, packaging looks good. Yeah. By the yeah, And Garrett, I don't know if you know Garrett or not. He's actually the oh, guy. Yeah. Oh, okay, so he's uh, he said, yeah, I think we, we had him on the show. I believe he was drinking and eat his choice. And he's like, oh, you got to get with these. I'm like, yeah, you're right. We do. He's actually, uh, we, we've gotten to know him each other pretty well in the past, you know, year and a half or so. And he's, I believe, going to be a good partner for us. Um, we hadn't really done any business with him uh, yet, but we're in the process of doing that. So, yeah. you know, glass uh, bottle issues are just a mess, right? A mess right now. It really is. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, um, so on this one, just a couple tasting notes for me, I guess. Um, I think what's most prominent is I'm getting like this sweet custard on the finish from this one, which I think is, is exceptionally good. And probably, I don't, I want to say like a sweet rice pudding kind of on the nose for this one for me. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. I love it. Um, I love hearing people, you know, tasting that tasting is so subjective. It's like, you know, what you might taste and what I might taste are two different things. It's like people want me all the time say, what are your tasting notes? I'm like, well, what are your tasting notes? Right? <laughs> yeah. What day is it? Right. You know, it yeah. can change day to day. Is it and they morning? may change tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. This is, this is fantastic. Yeah. Good. I'm so, glad you liked it. It's so probably my favorite of the four that we have. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, and by the way, we're, we're going through kind of the bourbon and whiskeys. Uh, I mean, it's called birdies and bourbon, so it, it only made sense, but uh, you guys have got gin, you've got vodkas, you've got moonshines, you've got a, a non-alcoholic uh, mocktail, I'll call it, if you will, uh, yeah. that, that's pre-made. So b- before we go too far, 
Um, and, and you mentioned, right, or you're kind of alluding to some of the history in South Carolina and the low country. So, yeah. um, you know, what's it a name, right? Where, where's Burnt Church Distilling come from? And then, you know, kind of as we go through the, the naming conventions of the, the whiskeys that we're going to be tasting. Yeah, sure. So, <clears throat> Um, one of the owners, uh, Billy Watterson, was uh, looking for property for the distillery, and, and he was headed home one day. He, he lives on Hilton Head. He's headed home one day, and he came across an intersection and looked up and saw the road sign, and it said Burnt Church Road. And it's actually actual road in Bluffton, and we're not on Burnt Church Road, but we're about a mile away from it. Um, and it struck him and he was like, that's interesting. I wonder why that's called burnt church road. So, um, he did like anybody else would do. He got home and he Googled it and, right. um, couldn't really find an answer for it. So, uh, but he was struck by the name. He was like, I want to find out why that's called burnt church road. And that might be the name of a really cool name for the distillery. Cause they hadn't named the distillery yet. So, um, Lo and behold, they didn't find property on Burnt Church Road to locate there, but we're close. And um, he hired a historian to uh, find out why it's called Burnt Church Road. And she did a couple years worth of research. And actually, um, they published a book that kind of gives you the story of why it's Burnt Church Road. Um, it was actually called um, another name before 1954. The Department of Transportation took it over and named it Burnt Church Road. And so that was... Um, you know, a big mystery is like, why would you call it that? And there was no record of that. So um, okay. she thinks she found the answer and she published a book. And if you want to know the answer, you can buy the book and read it. <laughs> there, nice. there you go. I, I guess you can get that at uh, burntchurchdistillery.com. Okay. There you go. That's exactly right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. So let's, uh, I'm going to move over to, uh, to the rye whiskey, which is Palmer stretch. I think there's a pretty interesting story behind that one. Sure uh, this is. one is 97 proof rye wheat and malted barley. Yep. That's right. Which one are we going to, Cal? Uh, Palmer stretch, Palmer the stretch. rye whiskey. Okay. So Palmer Stretch was the name of Burnt Church Road before the highway department renamed it Burnt Church Road. And so uh, it was named after um, a black landowner, uh, George Bell Palmer, that um, a lot of people don't, you know, you think about the Civil War and the aftermath of that. Um, uh, the uh, black population was the primary landowners in Beaufort County after the Civil War. And so... Um, there was he had a turpentine factory on burnt church road and it was called palmer stretch like i said but um that's what uh, they just named the road after him during that time and so then as things changed obviously then the name got changed and uh that's where palmer stretch comes from so we wanted to honor him uh with one of our products and it's a really cool design and um good packaging like he said and uh we think the juice is pretty good too hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say, um, you know, it's. I definitely know I'm drinking rye whiskey, which I'm a fan of. Right. Uh, but you know, it's got that that nice pepper uh, on the front end. Uh, definitely picking up some uh, probably dark fruits or some cherry, you know, some dark cherries. Mm -hmm. yeah. And and, yeah. and and then I'm getting like that real nice finish of there's there's a little bit of leather, a little bit of tobacco in there, maybe some pipe smoke, if you will. I don't not the smoky part, but just kind of the you know the the smell you yeah. get. So yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, really, really good. It is good. It's fantastic. Yeah. 
So you all just opened in 2020, in March of 2021, right? You had right. you, you, right. you uh, grand opening. So, uh, you know, for those that know the distillery life, right, you, you just don't come in and make bourbon. Right. I right. mean, you, you got some uh, there's some requirements that that happen there. So and I missed this on the Bluffton as well. So uh, I'm assuming that you all partnered with somebody from uh, from production standpoint for the for the whiskey. We did. We did. Um, back in uh, 2018, um, the owners uh, partnered with a distillery up in Kentucky, uh, Jeff the Creed, up between Louisville and Lexington. And um to take our recipes, our mash bills, and produce them for us. And so um, we chose them primarily because, first of all, they were willing to do so. And then second of all, uh, they have equipment that's similar to what we have back in our production facility. So we have a Vendome continuous column still. Uh, that's our primary whiskey still in the back. And we felt that it was our best chance to um, have a product that's has some good continuity to it. So uh, they didn't use any kind of, you know, wild and crazy grains or anything like that. Right. Um, the only big difference that I think that we'll find is that, you know, we're sourcing all of our grains from South Carolina where possible uh, within two hour drive of here. And so um, I don't know how that's going to play out when it comes to what you know, the grains they use versus what we're going to use. But at the end right. of the day, I told our distiller, I said, Peter, I said, just make the whiskey the best you can make it and stop, you know, don't try to chase around a flavor profile that you, you know, somebody was able to do up in Kentucky, but let's make it the best we can make it. Yeah. So sure. that's what we do. Yeah. Make, makes sense. And what's, uh, I'm, I'm sure you've got, uh, you've got barrels laid down of your own juice already, right? What's, what's the time frame that we're going to see uh, some of your product released? So we had, we opened in March and uh, the production facility was not complete yet. The stills were in place, the tanks were in place, but you know, there's a lot of piping and a lot of, uh, you know, wiring and things like that to be done to, to, to actually start production. And so we didn't start production until October of 2021. Um, And if you know, much about a distillery startup, you know, you can use smaller barrels in a 53 gallon barrel to effectively have an aged product ready sooner than, than it would be. And so, uh, Jeff, the Creed produced for us, um, uh, a few runs of 50 of, of, uh, of our products that went in 15 gallon barrels. Okay. And, uh, we've started dumping those at whenever we're like two years old and they were pretty good. Uh, then they produced a fair amount uh, in 25 gallon barrels for us. So effectively, we had our year one and year two products in gotcha. barrels from them that would be ready to go. And so when we opened, uh, when we started production back in October, um, we had about 70 or so 15 gallon barrels left over from their production that we filled immediately. And then we started putting things straight into uh, 30 gallon barrels and some 53s. Okay. So, so, so is the plan to go to the traditional 53 barrel eventually? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We're, we're producing everything this year. We're producing uh, everything that we're running. We're putting uh, two thirds of it in 30 gallon barrels and one third of it in 53 gallon barrels. Uh, next year we'll flip that and do one third in thirties and two thirds in fifty threes, and then the next year we'll do straight fifty threes. And yeah, if you know I, anything about about barrels, uh, a thirty gallon barrel costs as much as a fifty three gallon barrel. So right. 
Yeah, it'd be. I'm, I don't think I've ever done this. If I did, I, I had way too much and I don't remember it. Uh, but you know, t- to your point, right? People are that. Hey, go small, smaller barrel. You get more, uh, you know, more liquid hitting more surface area. You know, it, it might yeah. age a little faster. I don't know yeah. that I've ever had the same the same run in a small barrel and a big barrel and then like side by side of them kind of through the process. Yeah. yeah that'd, that'd be interesting to see what, what the take is. Yeah. I was, I, I met with the owners today and we were talking about several things, but one of the things that we talked about and we we're going to do is I have a couple of bottles in my office of, uh, and choice and Bluffton whiskey. That's part of the original batch that we opened with, um, back in March of last year. So they would have been, you know, just over two years old, 15 gallon barrels. Um, at the time, I mean, they were pretty good, right? So, um, and then the latest uh, bottles that I have and the bottles that you have that you, um, the samples that I sent you are gonna be um, the 25 gallon barrels from the year two production that uh, is gonna be close to three years old. Yeah. I mean, just in tasting through this, I mean, if I didn't know, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily describe this as like a uh, an underaged or an extremely young whiskey. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, viscous enough. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of coating on the palate, you know, the, the two that I've had so far. And I think we're only going up in proof here, but you know, that's kind of the, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't look and say, you know, Hey, this is, this is, it's, it's not youthful by any stretch of the means. So. Yeah. I haven't had anybody say that it tasted young. Yeah. And I think that's, a, that's probably a testament to the mash bill and, um, you know how it was distilled i hope so it's fantastic yeah 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 yeah, for sure yeah all right so we're gonna jump to anita's choice and this is uh i don't think we see yeah i don't think we see a lot of this uh so you've elected to go with a six grain here um you know further further complicating the process uh you know the the distiller's probably going like damn it why did we uh Yeah. I mean, it's, it's our biggest seller by far. That's, that's the crazy thing about it. I mean, um, but it's, uh, there's a pretty good story behind that. Um, and it's not easy, you know, it's just hard to, you know, pull together six grains and, and do a mash and, you know, do it consistently with, you know, the right, the right volume and all that kind of stuff. But, um, Anita's choice is a, like you said, a six grain bourbon, um, it is named after um, Anita Pollitzer, who was a Charleston native, um, moved to New York, and she came back to the area and was uh, one of the integral parts of getting the Women's Right to Vote Amendment passed. And so um, when we, uh, when the owners were throwing around ideas of like, you know, brands and things like that, they had somebody tell them, you should make a bourbon for women. And, you know, they looked at themselves, they're like, you know, here's two middle-aged guys. What do we know about bourbon for men, right? So, I don't know if that's a good idea. So, um, but what they what they did find out was uh, women have twice as many um, olfactory senses as men do. So, they have more discerning palates than men uh, a lot of times. And so, they wanted to kind of do something that paid a tribute to, you know, you know policy, but also to women in general to give them some complexity that, you know, they could pick up on that maybe men would have a tougher time picking up on. Hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. Dan, what do you think about Anita's choice? Uh, Garrett did not, he did not steer us wrong. That's for sure. No, I can see why it's a great seller. It's, it's very complex when in the, in the different types of, you know, distillates they've got going there. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, how much proof is this one, Cal? Let me see. 
uh we're at 97 97 97 yeah yeah Yeah. and and this is um so i'm almost like chocolate covered chair i'm I'm noticing a little bit of a theme i think as i as i'm tasting through these so i'm getting a little bit of a chocolate covered cherry uh i'm i'm getting some cocoa on this one there's something sweet i i don't know what it is on the palate i like it but i i can't quite uh, i haven't haven't nailed it yet i gotta go back in so gotcha gotcha don't stump him too hard on this because he just keeps drinking it and drinking it (laughs) i'm gonna get that note i'm gonna get that note You know, it's interesting. Uh, you say that I had, uh, I have a friend of mine in Greenville that has, has a podcast that I won't mention the name because I don't want to do that. To no, you guys. Free. You're good. Uh, uh, Drew Hanush does a whiskey war and he does, you know, a lot of stories about, you know, whiskey and he travels to Scotland and all this kind of stuff. And he's a really neat guy, but he, um, uh, he took samples when he visited me and sent me his tasting notes and the cherry part resonates like he got it in almost every one of our wow product so yeah Yeah. and you to say that it's like okay well there's at least two people that have said that so that's interesting so Hmm. yeah i mean and i would say at different levels or degrees but if i'm kind of you know like what what am i you know what am i picking up there you know what's kind of coming on and and i'm also getting um that tobacco note is kind of it's kind of common for me, right? It, but it, and it's the sweet, right? It's not it's not bitter. It's uh, it's kind of that that sweet. I also get a little bit of juicy fruit gum on this thing on on the on the oh. palate. Okay. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, that's um, that's good. So I th- there's a bit of a common theme. Um, in 97, nine, uh, 95, 97, 97. So everything's kind of hitting. And I think that we're going to get into uh, the Johnny Fever next. And that's coming in at 100. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it's coming in at 100 because we're going to stay with 100. And we're going to have a bottle and bond release, uh, you know, in, in the upcoming years. So. Uh, you know, it's something that I've talked to our distiller about. Um, and... You know, I don't know. It's very possible. Um, I'm a big fan of bottling bond personally. Um, but you know what? I I don't fully understand. I know what the classification is for that, but I don't fully understand, you know, what that means from a a regulation standpoint and what's required. So it's, you know, we haven't looked into that because we're obviously, um, still trying to get our feet under us and get some, you know, some production goals met to just have the basic product available. So, right. Right. Yeah. Kind of well, the four year, four years is probably the, the one of the biggest hindrances, right? You got to wait four years, and, and then um, same, you know, then same and one season, one yeah, season. one season. Which which seasons aren't really what they used to be when the you know when the the when the the, the law was put into effect. So you know that's you got so you got a little bit of leeway there with that one. I, I think that's a and then. I, don't, I mean, at this point, isn't everything kind of a bonded warehouse under government control if you're selling booze? Or making booze? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah so, yeah. yeah they, they certainly make sure you have your act together. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Bernie Lubbers so. told us it's the Green Beret of bourbon or whiskey, right? Yeah. 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 The Green Beret of whiskey. You got to have all your little, but, all um, your little, uh, your little certifications on your patches on yourself. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Right. You uh, mentioned the proofs and the high proofs. Mm-hmm. It was, it was interesting to, you know, when we were trying to decide uh, 
what proof to, you know, have things bottled at for the initial, you know, product launch and everything. Uh, it was amazing to me how different, you know, a proof point or two can make in a product. Um, and uh, it just, it just all kind of felt right. And it just, you know, we tasted through it at different proofs and it just kind of landed. It was, it was, it was obvious to us through the tasting process that that's the proof for that product. And so, um, we're going to stick with it. Awesome. Yeah, it'll be be fun to, yeah, it'll be fun to go back through these. I I just kind of nosed them all real quick. And just as they've kind of sat in the glass and opened up a little bit, I'm already getting some, some different, uh, uh, some different nuances there. Similar. I wouldn't, you know, nothing's like, oh, well, you know, but it's it kind of uh, uh, reinforcing uh, kind of where I was. So uh, let's, uh, what about Johnny Fever? What's, uh, what's the story behind that? So uh, Billy and Sean didn't really have a father growing up. And so when Billy met his current wife and um, she is from a family of three sisters, so three girls, uh, and so his father-in-law didn't have a son and he didn't really have a father figure. And so they really hit it off well. And so you can imagine what that means. It's like, you know, campfires at the farm and hunting trips to hunt pheasant and just different things like that. So when he, uh, when we were developing the brands, they decided that, um, they wanted, he wanted to have a bourbon that paid tribute to his father-in-law and his nickname for him was Johnny Fever. So okay. didn't have anything to do with the WKRP in Cincinnati or anything like that. <laughs> it was truly his father-in-law's nickname. So he wanted to pay tribute to him with that. So um, that's where Johnny Fever comes from. And the packaging is fabulous. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, I think, yeah, if you're not watching it, if you're just listening to the podcast, you're not watching us on YouTube, you definitely should head over to Birdies and Bourbon. And uh, you, you'll be able to see what we look like. Not that you don't already know. You may not know what Chris looks like if you haven't been to Burnt Church, but uh, yeah. Um, so th- another, this one's equally good. I once again wouldn't say it's, uh, I, I wouldn't classify this as it's, it tastes young at all. Uh, so I think the most prominent thing that I get on this definitely comes off a little bit sweeter than anything else. So it's the highest proof and I'm getting a lot more sweetness out of this one. So I don't know if we are going to get into mash bills at all. We can, or we can't, that's up to you. Um, but there's, uh, there's some molasses that are coming out of this thing on the nose. There's definitely burnt caramel, um, on the palate. I'm getting toasted marshmallow, um, and uh, this is probably the most oak that I've uh, yeah. that I've experienced yeah. in the in the four so far. Yep. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Those are good notes. But we definitely need a toasted barrel from Burnt Church for sure. Ooh. That is. Uh, I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand, right? <laughs> uh, and you and, and you could come up with some real uh, some pretty creative uh, packaging ideas for a Burnt Church label. No doubt. No yeah, doubt. Do you, so speaking of, do y'all have like a, is, uh, is there a burnt church? So I know it's burnt church distillery, but is mm-hmm. there a burnt church, um, uh, label or, or expression? So our vodka is called burnt church vodka. Um, okay. and it's, um, we've talked about it internally about how to have, um, just the smaller limited releases and things like that. It's like, do you go through the brand development and everything, or do you just have like a, 
distiller series where, you know, it's, this is what it is. And, you know, looks like handwriting on the bottle or something like that. So yep. we haven't decided yet, but we want to do, um, we do have, um, the Watersons, uh, you know, brothers, obviously. So we have a Waterson labs, um, brand that we would do some trial things in, like for instance, our bourbon cream that we just came out with, uh, started out as a Waterson labs. It's just kind of a general label, general bottle, same bottle as the Bluffton whiskey, and um, it was so popular that we decided to make it its own brand. So we have, you know, Burnt Church Bourbon Cream now that has its own bottle, own label, and will be in distribution here uh, September, October. And it's, it, it's, it's alcohol, right? I mean, it's got, uh, it's, it's a proof. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Right. It, uses, yeah. Um, it uses Anita's Choice and, uh, and we use a little bit of Palmer Stretch in it as well. So that's one thing that I like is that we use our product in it. So yeah, we'll yeah sure. Or some dump it in there. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that's cool. So uh, n- maybe a good time uh, if I'm looking to pick up uh, some bottles. Um, so we, it's a, a loaded question. I said there's no gotchas, but but it, it's loaded in a sense of where can I get them at today? And then what does it look like for me being able to, able to get it in the future? Okay. So we, uh, obviously when we launched, we were in distribution in South Carolina and we picked up uh, coastal Georgia pretty quickly. And then in late 2021, uh, early 2022, we launched in Atlanta as well. So, uh, the rest of the state of Georgia, I should say. So currently we're South Carolina and Georgia, um, there's uh, a new state kicking off the latter part of this year, uh, just north of Georgia, and um, but not to Kentucky. So I'll let you figure that out. And uh, even Dan can figure this one out, Chris. Even right? Dan can figure this one out. Is it true false? Softball, right? <laughs> um, so that's where we're headed next, uh, and primarily because our um, our partnership with our distributor in Georgia is so strong, uh, they have presence in yeah. that state as well. And so they're like, "Hey, you know, this is an easy one uh, right. for to pick up." So um, we have a person, we have we have a we have a, a company that represents us in the Atlanta area, and he also um, that company operates up in that state as well. So it's just a simple, easy extension of what we're doing. So, uh, so are, are, that, you, are you retail and on premise in, in, in Atlanta? Yes. You're, yeah. Okay. I, I got to yes. do a better job of looking then because I was uh, I was trying to spot you guys out in a, a couple of shops I was in. So I didn't, yeah. didn't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Our guy Leo up there in Atlanta, he does a pretty good pretty good job with the uh, with the retail stores and the on premise as well. So um, there's a lot of thirsty people in Atlanta. I can tell you that. Uh, you're talking to one of them, that's for sure. <laughs> um, hey, yeah, Cal. So, well, yeah, quickly, yeah, go ahead. So, you you were yeah. mentioning earlier, I think, I think before we started recording, that one of these tastes like it was finished. Which one was it? Was it Palmer Stretch? Uh, no, I think this Johnny Fever to me. I Johnny mean, it's, Fever. It, it's, okay. Yeah, it, it, and especially now that I've gone through, and I hadn't tasted everything before we got on. Um, it's the first time I've tasted Burnt Church product, and like if. Like oh, if yeah. you just if you just poured blind poured me Johnny Fever and you put it up against some other um, if you put it against non finished whiskey or bourbons and some finished and you said hey categorize these I would almost slide Johnny Fever over into the I'm thinking that it's like it's been in a secondary barrel 
And, and, and I don't mean that in, in any way no, other than I, I just, the, 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, the taste is like extremely complex and you know, it's, it, I mean, how many liquor stores can you go in and grab a hundred proof bourbon off the shelf? I mean, a lot, right. I mean, there, there's, there's plenty of them out there, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, there's something that's coming out of this thing. That's uh, it's like, yeah, it's totally given me like a, uh, like it's, it's set, you know, other than sitting in an oak barrel, it's set in something else, you know, outside of that. And right. I, I would almost go, it's like, a, it's almost like a, uh, like a, like a maple syrup. It, it's not honey. It's not, it doesn't have that texture. Usually I right. get yelled at because they're like, oh shit, he's saying honey again. Uh, everything tastes <laughs> like honey. Yeah. But, it, but, it, but it's not honey. It's kind of that deeper, darker, richer syrupy taste that it's almost like it's been, you know, been aged in like a, a, a maple syrup barrel. Interesting. Interesting. I've not heard that one. That's a good one. Um, you know, we think that the, first of all, Johnny fever is, uh, they didn't make a lot of that for us back when we did the contract batches. And so, uh, it's not in distribution currently, but we're actively ramping up production to get it there. So it's going to be a little while. So yeah. if you're really crazy about it. You want a bottle and you need to let me know. Uh, I can make it. Uh, yeah. Check, check. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that, I mean, I think the others are, 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 they're equally good and, yeah. and they're different. So I, I want to go down this road with you. I mean, I, I kind of have to, a lot of folks that listen, uh, they're going to be like, uh, why'd you stop at a hundred proof? And my question is, why'd you stop at a hundred? And, and to, well, now let, let me back up because if you go back to 2018, when this thing is maturing and, and we're getting right. our feet on the ground and we're kind of going in that direction, I, right. I would say that, you know, if you weren't just like a total geeked out bourbon nerd or whiskey nerd and kind of, you know, it's like you, you've got too many bottles behind you, you know, kind of thing that, that, you know, once you start to get into the mid to high teens and the twenties, it's kind of like, that's a very limited audience. Yeah. Well, you know, since we've been shut-ins for the past uh, two years, that audience has exponentially grown. This um, yeah. So, so what's the, is, is there, do, do you see some higher proof, some stuff coming down the road or what, what is it like? We're going to, like, we, are we going to, are we in barrel pickings uh, type thing yet where we're going to do some exclusive releases? So, I mean, what does that look like? And that may be what Johnny fever is. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I like about Johnny fever, what they did do for us, uh, they didn't make a lot of it, but they also put some in some 53 gallon barrels for us back then. So oh, nice. I'm going to have some age on that, um, you know, in bigger barrels. And I'm really anxious. Those just hit, I believe, I think they just hit three years old. And so, um, um, we're, we just talked about it today about, you know, tasting those and kind of seeing where it stands and kind of what it, what it's like. But, you know, the hope is to always hold some of that back to be able to have some special releases down the road. So, um, you know, Johnny fever is a premium product for us. And I feel like, you know, down the road, uh, with, you know, a barrel strength and not out of the question, uh, barrel picks, obviously a hundred percent are not out of the question. You know, we're going there. It's a long game to get there. Uh, especially when we have, you know, limited barrels, but, um, one of the beauties, and I talked about this today in our meeting was with a, you know, a 30, a 30, a 25 or 30 gallon barrel, you know, a barrel pick is not a huge barrier of entry for that small of a barrel because, yeah. you know, it's what, you know, 160, 170 bottles or something like that versus right. two. So, yeah. you know, um, we've had plenty of, uh, you know, restaurants and resorts and places like that, you know, asking us about, you know, white label or barrel picks for them. Sure. And, 
Um, that's all stuff that I believe that once we can kind of get to the point where we're clicking along from a production standpoint, um, and kind of know where we stand and kind of where we're headed and get our plan, you know, finalized from a distribution standpoint, then we can look at, okay, what's available and what makes sense for us to offer that way. So, yeah, I know I'm rushing you along and, and uh, not you in the show, but in, in production, right. And how fast can we get it out there and, and, and get things moving? And, and that's the thing, right? I mean, it's, uh, you know, I've said it time and time again. I mean, the, if, if you're in the, the whiskey business, the one thing that you'll learn is patience. If you're going to be successful, right? I mean, it's, it's just, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a waiting thing. I mean, it, this is like, to me, it's like stock market shit, right? It's like, no, no, you buy it, you let it sit. You know, if you're not a day trader, right. You, you, buy it. It's like your 401k, you know, it's not, right. you, just, you just let it sit, leave it alone. It'll, it'll yeah. pay dividends. That So there, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so you mentioned, uh, I think you said earlier, Bluffton, is that your favorite expression out of the four? Yeah. What, what's, yeah, like yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like just, uh, it's just an easy drinker for me. And it's just, um, you know, even at that proof, it's just, um, it's just nice. Um, and I think for a lot of people that haven't had, if, if people are just, you know, getting into, into whiskeys, um, you know, it's, we've had people that have confused that with a bourbon, if they've just tasted it blind and not really known what it was. Um, and so I just, see that. it's just a nice, um, it's just a nice, a nice product I feel. And I'm you know, probably more excited about it because I just, I like what we're doing when it comes to uh, partnering with the local farmers and sourcing the grain from South Carolina as much as possible. Um, uh, even there's a barrel cooperage in South Carolina, which who knew that that was, you know, even out there, but Bamberg, South Carolina, there's a place called South Carolina Oak to Barrel. And, um, hmm. So we have uh, some Bluffs and whiskey that we have distilled here that is uh, has Carolina gold rice that came from South Carolina, that all the other grains came from South Carolina, and the barrel came from South Carolina. So in a few nice. years, when we dump that, it will have a total uh, state product from start to finish. And yeah, uh, it's awesome. Super proud, of, super proud of what we're doing here. Awesome. Yeah, and, and kind of you know doing a little bit of research on on what Burt Church is doing. I mean, obviously the um, uh, I'll, I'll talk about this in a minute. So as, as I'm talking, uh, I want to think about why did those guys want to make whiskey? What what got in their mind? So I'll let you think about that one. And I'll, I'll say something that you already know. I mean, uh, just from uh, everything that's released about you, I mean, it is it's it's community, it's family. I mean, when you get back to the naming conventions of everything there, I mean, everything is is look you know like literally it could be right down the road local uh or you know as you have to branch out as resources are available right you're still trying to stay uh you know state driven and which i find a little bit unique because i would say south carolina uh, i haven't been to all 50 ever how many states we recognize now um I would say South Carolina liquor laws are probably some of the uh, uh, least progressive that I've experienced uh, th throughout my travels. Mm -hmm. And and to the point of, I mean, how long ago was it? Maybe 15 years ago that, that we were still like if you went on if you went on premise, you were still poor. Like as a bartender, you were pouring out of a mini bottle. Because yeah. they, because I, you know, it's not, we, we don't trust you to pour, you know, out, out of the 
top because spillage you know can occur and we we want to we you know we got to tax that just right so uh, I, I, I mean an, an interesting choice to uh to go to south carolina which again i would say is a, a is it and now maybe once you get to bluffton once you get to hilton head where it's kind of i'm, I'm gonna i'll call it a tourist town you, you may want to argue something different but uh but a tourist town so it, it may be i i'm not saying that the state governs it loosely or looser but if it's attracting more people to uh, something that's driving a lot of revenue for the, the 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 city the town the state you you know it, it might be you, you might get bumped up to the front of the line or closer to Right, right. And I, I'm not going anywhere with that other than, uh, so where I really wanted to go was, uh, how the hell did these guys figure out they wanted to make whiskey and why in Bluffton? Okay, I'll answer that, but let me just add something else to what yeah, you yeah, just sure. said. So, um, I think that uh, it's important to know that when we first opened back in March, uh, the liquor laws were so strict for um, producers like Arc Ourselves uh, that there were um, very strict limitations on what we could and couldn't do here in the distillery. So uh, you could only count only visit us once per day. Uh, so I had to scan your license and make sure you hadn't been there before during that day. I can only serve you three ounces of liquor, which basically means a flight and a small cocktail or two cocktails. And I'm sorry, but you know, have a nice day. Uh, and then, uh, like you got, I can only sell you three bottles per day and also had to close. I had to have the same hours of operation as a liquor store in South Carolina, which is basically, uh, nine to seven Monday through Saturday. Yeah. So imagine this place, you know, this beautiful facility on a Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and it's seven o'clock and it's almost like, you know, they flip the lights on at their frat party and it's like, Oh, it's time to go home. You know, gotta go. Gotta go. You're out. So, um, so the beautiful thing is then the laws were, were, there was, there was a law change passed in late in June, July of last year that, that effectively made us, uh, capable of operating like a restaurant. Hmm, So now you can get, I can get, uh, I can, if I can put a kitchen in, I can get a liquor license. I can yeah. serve other people's liquors, and I couldn't do that before. I can serve beer and wine. I couldn't do that before. I could serve food, and I couldn't do that before either. So, you know, so many crazy restrictions on what we could do that were lifted just, you know, late summer of last year. So um, that's been a game changer for us, and it's just allowed people to enjoy this place uh, and spend time here and not feel rushed and it's just um it's been really really positive for us um and we have a really good guild in south carolina with a core group of about half a dozen or so distilleries that you know worked hard to make sure that that law was passed so um very good lobbyists and so you know it pays to you know talk to the right folks and make sure things happen for your for your industry so now getting back to you how did this thing all come about yeah. Um, so Billy and Sean brothers were on a, uh, guys RV trip back in say, I think 2016, summer 2016 in the black Hills of South Dakota. Uh, they're sitting there one night. Um, Sean's drinking a gin and tonic cause his gin's his thing. And Billy's drinking a bourbon cause bourbon's his thing. And they just start, you know, shooting the, the bull about, you know, what do you want to do with your life and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, Billy has several businesses. Uh, this is just one of them. And Sean was working for him in one of his businesses up in Ohio. And, um, then, 
they just started talking. It's like, Hey, you know, let's make whiskey or something like that. And so Sean's like, make whiskey. Okay. And so they talked about it a little bit and it kind of went their separate ways after the trip. And then six months later or so they revisited that again. So Billy called him up and he's like, Hey, you know, I'm serious. You want to make whiskey? And so Sean's like, he's a very detailed driven person. And so he was like, well, I've looked into it and it's not for, you know, it's not just a hobby. So this is a serious thing. And so it's going to take this, this and this and this and this and this. And, it, and they were unfazed. They just decided they wanted to do something different. So, um, we're kind of, a um, we're different than, than other businesses that, that, that Billy has owned. And, um, we're business to consumer versus his other businesses were business to business. Sure. And so, uh, it's really the beginning of, kind of a transformation from him, from a business standpoint of, uh, wanting to have experiential businesses that, you know, people can enjoy and, um, the community can be proud of. And I believe that that's, that's, you know, mission accomplished when it comes to that. So it, it looks like it, that's for sure, man. I mean, every, everything that I've seen that's been released, uh, you know, and on, uh, in, via media, I mean, everything is, everything's first class. Uh, they want to know why you're slumming with us probably, but Hey, you know, it takes all kinds. Uh, but you know, everything that's been released, I mean, it, it looks like there's always a crowd. looks like uh, everybody's having a good time. looks like you got a great cocktail scene going on there with, uh, with things yeah. that are happening and, and with the array, I mean, what do you got? 17 plus spirits that you guys are making. So you mean, you, yeah. you got uh, you got plenty, plenty of options uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to getting getting stuff whipped up. So, uh, okay, so real quick, not this is not going to be real quick, but I know we got to get you out of here. I know you got other stuff to do. So uh, I guess leave us with um, you know closing comments from Chris Crow, uh, GM at Burnt Church Distillery. How do people find you? How can they enjoy you? What, what what's what do I need to do to come down and have a great time, uh, other than just show up? And then we sure. got some fun stuff we're going to do uh, for the next few minutes after that. Okay, great. So. Uh... You can visit us online at burntchurchfacillary.com. Uh, you can email us at info at burntchurchfacillary.com. Uh, we have tours that we schedule online. So uh, through our website, there's a, a way to sign up for tours. Um, and I'll throw this out there to any uh, birdies and bourbon uh, listeners that if you uh, email me at info at burntchurchfacillary.com and there you go. I mean, you're a listener for the show. I will give you a tour myself. There you go. Awesome. Oh, look at that. How about that? So, yeah. um, and uh, I'm trying to think what else did you ask me to, to, to tell you? Is that it? Uh, yeah, you're good. Yeah, ju just a plug for you guys, man. And, uh, you know, how do, how do people find you? Uh, I, I'll tell you what I'll be doing on my next trip to Hilton Head. Uh, I'll be playing a lot of golf and I'll probably be yep. uh, visiting a lot of Burnt Church Distillery. There you go. There you go. Maybe, so, maybe Garrett and I'll plan a trip. You never know. That'd be great. I mean, bring it on. So I just, uh, I just picked up golf again after about a 20 year absence. And so I'm still I'm trying to figure out if it's like a bike and, you know, once you learn how to ride a bike that, you know, you're good, but, uh, it's not quite that. <laughs> See that so, so I think that's the, the difference is, is like, you don't have to be really good at riding a bike just to get on it and ride it. Right. Because you can, yeah, it's like, because if you say, can you ride a bike? It's like, well, you mean, sure. can I get, can I get upright and pedal it? 
yes, I can do that. It's like, can right. you play golf? It's like, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Uh, so hold, before we get it, so Dan, uh, rank these for me. So uh, okay. let's go, let's go from, uh, well, you go from where you want to go from, but I'm just saying how you, uh, what you like the best. Okay. Well, I mean, I haven't spent that much time with them, right? But um, Johnny Fever, I think probably rank number one. I think I'm, I'm with you. Very, uh, very complex. It had that kind of finished kind of taste to it. I think it had something a little bit, you know, but bit unique, which in a good way. Um, I think Bluffton I'd put there. Um, I liked them all, but um, I really been the weeded on the on the Palmers and Anita's Choice. They're all complex. If I I'd probably go, I'd probably go Johnny, Anita, Bluffton, and then uh, Palmers. I mean, I, I, there's nothing, this is like, this is like a $10,000 range in DK and DraftKings. Yeah, yeah, there's, I, no bad there's no bad choices. No bad there's choices. no bad choices. Okay. So here, here's where I'm going. So again, I've, I've kind of been revisiting and uh, if you couldn't tell if you were watching or if you couldn't hear, if you were just listening, um, I, I gotta say, I thought Johnny Fever was gonna, was gonna do it for me after I made it through the, through the flight. Uh, I'm I'm holding Palmer stretch right now, and and that is that's like I mean it's I think that it's probably the way I would frame it up is it's the most unlike the other four, and mm-hmm. to me it, it's so it's the '97 proofer, but mm-hmm. it it drinks the hottest of of the four to me no and i'm not saying it drinks hot i'm just saying i would think that it was hot it was higher proof than 97 and especially you know drinking them side by side but yeah there's um that kind of uh is it the weeded part though yeah, that sweetness to it it could be. It could. Be, I don't. I don't know. It's a very unique rye whiskey. It's it's a fantastic and, and rye whiskey. I, I, yeah. I think it's good. So so I'm Palmer's. I'm Johnny Fever. I'm Anita's Choice, and I'm Bluffton. And uh, again, I think that there's a, a right time and a right place for everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I just did that again, and it's like this tobacco. And I mean, it is. It's like it is so good. It's like if you enjoy, even if you don't enjoy a cigar, I think you'd enjoy the whiskey. But if you do enjoy a cigar, I just got like a hint of cigar, like tobacco on that. Yeah, it's so good, so good. Okay, all right. So enough of that madness, Chris. I know we got to get you out of here, but a little bit of fun first. Okay. Um. So uh, a Kentucky guy. Yeah. Uh, Burnt Church Distillery has only been open for uh, for a year, technically speaking. Um, you said uh, bourbon's in your blood. If you're not drinking Burnt Church, what are you drinking? Oh wow! Um, I like Eagle Rare, um, okay. and I'm a big fan of uh, a lot of what Heaven Hill does. Um, several different, you know, McKenna. You know, yeah. Craig barrel proofs, those types of things. So, For sure, uh, those are some of my favorites. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah. My, know, my... I, I was just going to say, I think, I think it, it's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, what we hope that we can do at Burnt Church is that people can can have our product and it'll basically connect it with an experience like say their vacation or something like that. So a good example is I was on a family trip in October in Jackson, Wyoming. And so we had some Wyoming whiskey out there and it was just like, you know, I found a bottle back here at a liquor store and I was just like, every time I drink that I'm reminded of the trip. 
which is one of the best times of my life. And so I hope that we're able to maybe connect that for people. And so they can, you know, experience a vacation, something that's, you know, a great time for them and can, can connect our product to that as well. So, yeah, makes, makes total sense. I, I got to throw this out there. Cause I said the, the Anita's choice, there was something sweet that I was getting on the, and I, I couldn't place it. It's yeah. Reese's peanut butter cup. Huh. It's, it's chocolate. And then, and then there's this like peanut, but like, but not a peanut because I don't think a peanut is sweet, but peanut butter, I generally think of as sweet, right? Just off the store. If you're making yeah. it fancy, you know, doing it, doing all the, you know, whatever way, but if you're, right. if you're buying, you know, if you're buying Jif, right. Or, or whatever, it's like, yeah. it's got that sweetness, but yeah, I'm totally getting like Reese's peanut butter cup off that Anita. Interesting. I'm anxious to, to taste these again myself now with some of the things that you've written, that you've mentioned and see if I can pick up on that. So well, if I'm completely off and you, you're like, that guy ha- has no idea what he's talking about, just go leave a bad review. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, so a couple more for you. Uh, and Dan will have a few also. Uh, so Hilton Head. I know. So and I kind of went there, uh, but I, I got sidetracked on the bourbon bourbon thing. Um how I don't I know you wound up in Hilton Head, but how did like that's and it's I mean it wasn't yesterday, right? And, and Hilton Head's kind of been a it's been a thing for a long time, but in yeah. the past probably I don't know 10, 20 years it's it's really blown up. Yeah, um, and it probably had a lull like kind of in the eighties. So how how'd you make it to Hilton Head? And I know why you're a resident. Well, I don't. You can tell me why you're a resident. I have a feeling I I've been there many times, so I understand why wouldn't one would want to be a resident. Right. Well, uh, I was a couple years out of college and I had a roommate from college that would come down here and work in the summers at hotels and things like that. And after he graduated, he moved down here and um, he called me one time and and asked me to come down for vacation. I took vacation, came down here. I'm just like, wow, this is pretty nice. And so and then, you know, another year later and he was just like he called me up again. He goes, hey. He goes, I've got a roommate that's moving out. I've got a pretty sweet place. I can walk to the beach from my condo. You know, once you come down, see if you can find a job and move down here, you know, and live with me. So uh, uh, I was kind of struggling at the time in my career. And I was just like, so I could do something down there and I can go to the beach on the weekends. I think I'm good. I think I'll give that a shot. So I moved down here sure. and um, met a girl and got married and had a couple of kids. And here I am. So um, okay. it's been it's been quite a ride. Um, I love the community. Um, I love this place because it gives me, um, an outlet for that, for my love for the community. Uh, like, you know, our giving back to our charity partners and things like that. So, um, you know, I feel like I was built for this. And so it's just been, it's been, you know, quite a ride and, you know, it's glad to be here. So yeah, I'm pretty decorated. I I don't know if you want to mention or I won't mention any names, uh, again, out of of courtesy, you can, but, um, you know, in, in looking at what you do, like, or what you've done since you've been on Hilton head, I mean, you, you've been at some high profile places, I would say, I mean, it's like must stays and must stops for, uh, for individuals as they, uh, you know, when they take their annual, uh, annual jaunt yeah. to uh, for vacation. Yeah, you know it's been interesting to just uh, kind of see how how things work, and you know sometimes you go through some things in life and you look back on it and you realize that it was just preparing you for the next chapter. And so yeah. I feel like that a lot of what I've done in my career 
I can look back on it and say, well, I, you know, piece of that from that and that from that and that from that. And it's just been, uh, it, it feels good to kind of be whole in that aspect of like, I can use all my talents and my gifts. Um, right. It's cool. Yeah. It's yeah, cool. yeah and, good. All right, Dan, you're up. Well, they say the French say that the only thing the Americans contributed towards the culinary in the world is cocktails. So if we go to your cocktail menu, walk us through what you're, what you're ordering. Oh, yeah. So here's uh, here's something about our cocktail menu that you don't see online. But when you visit us, um, every one of the cocktails, except for the old fashioned, uh, has a name attached to it. And it's the name of the bartender that created the cocktail. Oh, cool. So we wanted to give them a give them an outlet to be able to um, express their creativity. And so, uh, you know, we asked them to develop several cocktails, and then we just use that um, use those options to kind of try to round out the the cocktail menu to have a little something for everybody. Uh, but my favorite on that list right now, besides the old fashioned, is going to be the black pearl. Oh, the black pearl. Hold on, I got to look at that. Anita's Choice Bourbon, homemade vanilla syrup, peach liqueur, and blackberries. And do you, is everything, I know Anita's Choice is yours. Uh, are you guys making the peach liqueur? We we do not make the peach liqueur okay. yet. Not right now. So, but we made the simple syrup, obviously. Um, yeah. Uh, and so we try to do that as much as possible, make our own syrups as possible. So, um, uh, it, it just, um, it's fun to see, um, our bartenders be able to be creative and, um, and get a little publicity as well. So Rebecca did that. She, that's her cocktail. So if you ever are down to burnt church is still ring get a black pearl. Uh, Rebecca is the one that, that came up with that one. So. Nice. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, go ahead, Dan. Uh, I was just going to say, so I think, uh, Cal, if you're going into the area, like you're going to go visit the distillery, where are you going to eat locally outside of, you know, where you're staying, where you eat and all that kind of stuff. Walk us through the area. So, uh, Bluffton is a pretty eclectic little, uh, little town. Um, it's growing quickly, but, uh, still has a small town feel. Uh, you can actually, um, eat right here in the distillery. So we have, uh, we do small plates out of our kitchen and then right next door outside the window there, uh, I have, um, a pizza place called pizza co and, uh, Billy is a, is a partner in that business as well. And so we serve their menu, uh, is there, it's on our point of sale. So if you ordered uh, pizza and nachos, nachos from our kitchen, you'll get pizza from their kitchen and we bring it to your table and just, uh, oh, serve it right up. Try to have something for everybody. Uh, it's not too formal. Um, then it's just, you know, nice, you know, solid food. Um, in this area, there are several good restaurants. Uh, some of those you need to make reservations in advance. Uh, the bluff and room comes to mind. Uh, Olive and Fig is one of my favorite Mediterranean restaurants I've ever had, ever eaten at. Cool. Uh, um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, Chow Daddy's is good. There's just a farm is here in this area. It's good. Um, the cottage is good for brunch. Uh, lots of options, plenty of food options and drink options. Nice. It's a, always a good thing. Yeah. One, uh, one typically compliments the other. So absolutely. Uh, all right. So, so la last thing for me, Dan, and then I'll, I'll let you close this out. Uh, uh, so, so as you're getting back into golf, Chris, as, yep. as the game's tuning back up, where are you sending me? Where are you hmm. sending me to play golf? Hmm. Where am I sending you to play golf? Yeah. 
Oh gosh. Well, I mean, you know, from a local standpoint, if, you know, if I'm here, it, it's usually pretty easy to try to find, you know, the deals to crop up here and there. So, um, uh, I think any place you could play down in sea pines, uh, would be fabulous. Uh, Harbor town's gonna be a little bit expensive. Um, but Hey, the pros play there. So, you know, it is what it is. Right. So, uh, we've been, by the way, it's, we've been fortunate the last couple of years to have, um, some presence at the, at the RBC heritage, Ooh, nice. um, yeah. uh, two years ago or, or a year before this past year, uh, it was limited, you know, in terms of like spectator. Yeah. So it was a little small scale, but this past year we had a little, uh, place outside the merchandise tent for them and, uh, served, you know, half dozen or so cocktails and people loved it, embraced it. Sweet. Um, it was a lot of fun. So we had a really good time with that. So, um, but yeah, I would say Sea Pines, Palmetto Dunes, um, any place in Palmetto Dunes is going to be a great course to play. So um, there's lots what of What about options. in Bluffton? Because, you know, when I usually go down there, obviously, you know, it's like, I do, uh, it, when we go, you go to Hilton Head, right? And you pass through Bluffton, yep. right? it, it yep. kind, of the, kind of the thing. So it, any places in Bluffton that I'm driving by, I know there's a big horse farm. Uh, it's on the, I guess, north side of 278 from you. And I forget the name of the course, but I think it's a, maybe a Davis Love course or something. Maybe not, but yeah. So there's Rose Hill, there's the Rose Crescent. Hill, yeah. um, there's, uh, oh, what's the other place out there? Um, Eagles Point. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. It's a Davis Love course, um, but and Hillhead National is in Bluffton, and then Old South. Old South is actually um, it's right across, right before you get to the bridge to Hilton Head to go on the on the island. But it's been here for a while. It's it's kind of there's some uh, some of the holes are kind of close to the marsh, um, you know, to to the Calabogie Sound, and uh, there's some pretty funky holes. It's pretty cool. Um, it's a neat it's a neat course. So uh, I've just literally just started picking it back up again. So I'm spending time at the range and not on the course because I don't want to embarrass myself. Nah, practice, no, nobody nobody likes to practice, Chris. Just uh, load, the, load the cooler up and get out there, man. No, I just need to go. I know you're <laughs> right. So, but Old South will be a place that I certainly will we'll go visit when the time comes. Well, we'll uh, I I will make it down there. Um, up until up until uh, a couple of years ago, I was down there multiple times a year so that's uh yeah you, you've invited the wrong person because uh i'm, I'm definitely going to be there uh dan you want to close this out bud so the only rule chris is um that we've heard calicribbon wrong is just don't play slow that's it that's it nobody don't cares how slow. good you are don't or how bad slow. you are just don't play slow all right chris yeah exactly all right so last question i had for you was um what are you guys looking forward to in the most like in the next 12 24 months oh from the business standpoint yeah um, so I'm probably looking forward to just really getting our production ramped up and just like seeing what we can do. Um, you know, we just, uh, kind of finalized that plan for next year and, and that will kind of set, set the foundation for, for years to come. Um, and then how do we grow our distribution into that production, uh, when it comes of age and, you know, three or four years. So, okay. um, I'm excited about that. Let's, let's, let's tease Cal for one second. Any releases you're looking forward to? <laughs> oh, releases. No, no, so, your answer was perfect, uh, by the way. No, no, that's exactly yeah. Besides the basic four, um, we are doing uh, some single malts. Mm. Um, Ooh. 
And nice. uh, the beautiful thing about single malts is that we we're putting them in used barrels. So there's no barrel costs associated with that. Ooh, so we yeah. get to reuse barrels, which is great. Um, and we also are going to do some, uh, just a few runs each of uh, a couple of different bourbons that, um, have some ties to some heirloom grains, uh, in the state that, um, we have a really good partner, uh, with a gentleman up in Edisto Island called Marsh Hen Mill. And, uh, he is pr- probably one of the premier, uh, grain experts in on the East coast, if not the nation. And he has a, has a heart for, you know, keeping those alive. And so he's, you know, pitching us on, Hey, you could do something out of this and do something out of this. And so we're making, you know, hopefully some good decisions on some things that are pretty unique that, um, you know, it's not just, you know, dent corn and, you know, call it a day that everybody chooses, but it's like a, you know, specialty that has its own kind of flavor and everything. So I'm excited about that, but it's like you said, it's a patient game. And so, um, I just hope I'm around long enough to be able to to see the benefits of of you know some of the work we're doing now. So that's the plan. Yeah. Good yeah, stuff. For good sure. stuff. I got, I got my first boy come from Edisto, by the way. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. They're intense, man. Many, many many years ago, I got another one now, and uh, yeah, she's still intense. Same same dog. Yep. Same dog. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, awesome, Chris Crow uh, from Burnt Church Distillery. It's been a pleasure, sir. Thanks so much for sharing uh, sharing some of your whiskey with us. Uh, I, I absolutely would say, uh, on your next trip to uh, to Bluffton to Hilton Head, uh, if you're just if you're just cruising up 95 and uh, you're passing through that through South Carolina or down through South Carolina. I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe 20 minutes off the exit, depending on what time of year it yep. is. You, That's right. You can swing right by. So you don't have to go to the Island to, to, uh, to get here. So you can save your time, save your time and not have to cross the bridge. But uh, right. yeah, Chris, we appreciate it, man. Looking forward. Uh, let's get around to golf in and uh, drink some more bourbon. Cheers. Cheers. Awesome. <laughs>